Well, there we go. There it is. It's done. <laughs> oh, well, you've taken. You've, you've stolen my thunder, Ali. Uh, <laughs> no, I haven't. No, no, that's it. Now we're in. Oh, it feels it feels wrong to say it now, but welcome to Critical Ditto, a Pokemon roleplay podcast that wants to bring a spring to your step this very morning. The breeze is blowing. We're in the fields, and the grass is growing all around me. Please cut it. It's swamping me. Ali, take me out of this grassy hellhole. I will, Stu, as I play Kenneth Mullet running at you maniacally with a scythe. Trying to help, probably doing more damage. He is on a quest to find out more about his weird superpowers, but he's a lovely little soul. On his team, he has a Dartrix called Bowtie, a Magikarp called Moustache, a Salandit called Hoot, a Spiritomb called Swirly, and of course, a Honchcrow called Fedora. And tilling the soil next to me is, is my good friend, David. Come on, Ali, you're a botanist. Come on. <laughs> Kenny is. Ali is not. <laughs> well, Ali you reap what you sow, Ali. And uh, I am David, and I play Theo, the acerbic former member of the Church of Slaslow, who currently, in this extended field metaphor, is surveying three male combis as they attempt to pollinate a plant. On my team... There is a Metatype with no name, a Kabuto called Cabbage, a Swadloon called Hillary, a Togekiss unofficially called Ashanti, a Barbarical unofficially called Brobarical, and Jason the Combi. And to my east, planting a selection of beautiful plants is none other than Tom himself. I love planting. That was all I could come up with in the time I had to think. Uh, You were the last of the three of us! (laughs) Every time! Hey, you I don't criticise you guys ever. And you came up with, I, I love planting. Well, At least he's not doing poetry. Come on. I am Tom. I'm playing Brandy. And Brandy, on her team, has a low punny called Wimpy. Very exciting. <gasps> uh, she also has Gary, the Scroopy. She has Snorleone, the Munchlax. She has Bunnelby. And she has, well, hopefully, a Meltan. And I'm going to pass back to... Um, the person lost in the hellscape of grass. We're all in a very idyllic field, except for Stu. You seem to be in a very bad field. I love planting. (laughs) What happened last time? Previously on Critical Ditto. Theo, Kenny, Brandy, you stand atop the prow of the Team Nautilus capital ship as Mrs. W and Templar Prime barrel towards you. I think Theo stands forward and says... I evoke the right of a sloking jewel. I accept. What's a sloking jewel? But basically what it's going to be is an academic test. What is the average flying speed of a male combi? 82.5! It's 34.2! <laughs> and Mrs. W collapses to her knees. She has been bested. Mrs. W gets onto Templar Prime, who takes off with her into the skies. But as you look over the side of the train, you do see on the approach Cassius Flash and Calico. So Cassius Flash, I think cuffs Elisa, and you can hear Cassius contacting Dromoxis, and you can see in the distance now are a team of Pokemon trainers on dragons. I want you to take something for me. And Kenny takes out the little postcard that he got right at the start of the arc. He's going to give that to Melissa and ask her to... I will. I will. I love you. Love you too. Baneri, you want a spot on the Pokemon Champions team? Brandy throws it to Baneri. Wimpy kind of resolves to leave, Beniri just bursts into tears and turns around and gives Brandy a big old hug. It may not be what I want, but I know that it's what I need, is to be with you. And Gary Smoke turns to leave. Wimpy looks up at you, Brandy, tears still in his eyes, and starts to glow. You see that Wimpy is no longer a small, fluffy Beniri, but rather a larger, even elegant-looking Lopany. 
Theo, I think you see Kanan is off to one side. All you've done is disappoint me. I'm sorry for what happened in that church car. We can change the church, I know we can. I pledge myself to that course, Theo, and to you. They embrace in a, in a rare moment of, of church physical intimacy. And atop piles of plunder, gold, and various artifacts is the second tome. Somewhere in the trees, the grey-haired woman with the miastic eyes clambers down from the branches. Before she can move, she hears a noise. My name is Frey. Would you like to take back control? find ourselves back on the Team Nautilus capital ship, with most immediate threats neutralised by our main heroic trio of Brandy, Theo, and Kenny. They stand on the deck of the ship, a few collected characters joining them. We have Cassius Flash, who's in the process of detaining Elisa, head of Team Nautilus. We have Calico cowering somewhere. We have Kanan, Theo's mentor. We have Melissa, Taronius Chunder. There may be other characters that I've, I've forgotten about. I apologise in advance to them. The clouds part as the last remnants of Elisa's storm dissipate into the early evening. Uh, we rejoin our three characters and ask them what maybe they would like to address here and now. Stu, the way you refer to us in that as our three characters have made me think you've forgotten all our names. It's only been 35 episodes. Really... What's my name? No, of course, it's, it's Tom, Ali and David. Out of game, but in game. <laughs> it's Kenny Theo. And Brandy, we'll start with you, because Ooh, okay. you have you've, you've challenged me. Pro- I accept your duel. You demand satisfaction. I will return it. What do you wish? What do you wish of me? What do you wish of this game master? Brandy's want in this moment, I think, is to corner Cassius Flash. Excellent. Cassius Flash has apprehended Elisa and put her into the brig for now. You see him emerging, having locked Elisa away in this temporary lockup, and for all intents and purposes, he seems to be getting back on his Mega Altaria, looking to make a swift exit before the Pokemon League officials from Operation Ironclaw and Dromoxis arrive, seemingly wanting to make a quick escape. Cassius! Cassius! Altaria! Uh, Cassius! Cassius! Yeah? Cassius? Uh, just wanted to say you, um, you left... Your sleeping bag in the tanning room. Oh, uh, the tanning, the tanning room. Yeah, the tanning room. Game master challenge. <laughs> Wait, what? I say this ship has a tanning room. Well, well, of course the ship has a tanning room, Tom. I thought you meant there was a tanning room on the train. I was like, that's ridiculous. But obviously the ship has a tanning room. It's right on deck. It's right <laughs> next to you. Look at it. It's, it's three stories high. <laughs> Is the tanning room just the ship? Yeah, there's just two. There's two sunbeds. There's two sunbeds on the deck. Cassius, can you just come in for a second? I think I think your sleeping bag's in there, and I'd hate, you know, I know how you live there, so I'd hate for you to leave that thing behind. I feel like there is an ulterior motive here. You want you want credit for for taking this person down? Listen. Oh, I mean, Fine. yeah, I would. From me, great, good job. You did great. You're not going to get any credit from anyone else, I'm sure, because it would be very embarrassing for the league for three. What, what even are you? D-rank? I don't know. Well, I want a gym badge, so the other two are D-rank, but I'm C-rank. Okay, so alright, yeah. You, big, sort of a leader. Big two thumbs up from me, Cassius, your S-class hero. Hmm. Oh, wait, what do you mean no one else is going to give us any credit for this? 
you can try and take credit, but as soon as Dromoxis and the Iron Claw lot turn up, mm, good luck, because that guy, that guy's like, ooh, some thunder. I'm just gonna, just gonna reach over there and take it. Bit of an egoist. It's that guy. Cares a lot. That's why he wears the weird dragon armor. Honestly, the more you the more you describe him, the less I want to meet him. He wears dragon armor. <laughs> oh yeah, it's just like a full. That seems that seems full a lot. thing. You know, it's got the helm. It's like a Drodigan. <laughs> Super lame. <laughs> I didn't actually want to talk about Dromoxis, but I no, nor do I. I'd quite like to leave. So well, no. Before you leave, I did want to just say whether I don't know if you know this. Your last name? What was it again? I forget. Flush, oh. Flish, Blush. Huh. Uh, it's, it's Flumpsh? No, it's it's Flash. Uh, you know it's Flash. Flash! Funny! Funny it's Flash, because I actually got a situation earlier where a being that couldn't lie, a giant supercomputer, analysed me and actually uh, said that my name is... I've never known my last name, and actually they... <laughs> It may sound weird, but I yeah, I just just never never known it. I asked my mum, and she would never tell me it. Um, so I just thought we didn't have one, like Cher or Ashanti, those singers. Um, but but I, I I found out that my last name. Just spit it out, please. Okay, well. I... For the love of Sloking. My name's Brandy Flash, and I was just wondering, are you my dad? I never really met my dad. I know he was around, and then he wasn't around. But again, that's one of those things where I can't really, don't really want to ask it. I'm very direct with other people, but I'm not that direct about myself in that way, which I'm sort of learning right now in improving this scene with you. Can you you. just stop? Can you stop for a second? Please, I would love to. Where do you come from? What's what's your hometown? Surfloat Town. My mum's name is Whiskey. Whiskey. Whiskey Flash, I imagine. But maybe not. Maybe she... You know, is that her name? Or is that my dad's name? Is that you? Uh, Did you steal my dad's name? Did you kill my dad and take his name? Brandy takes out her sword. <laughs> Cassius Flash slips down off the Mega Arteria and just touches the end of the sword and gently lowers it. No, Whiskey is my sister. Oh! You are my... My niece. No, you're my mum's brother. Yeah. That's a niece. Oh, I mean, that seems like a something I should have probably known about for my whole life. I didn't even know my mum had a brother. How old are you now? How old do I look? I've had some mixed reactions <laughs> to how old I look. So I'm just interested to, for you to guess, and then I'll tell you. You're 21, Brandy. Oh my god, thank you. And she hugs Cassius Flash. <laughs> Please don't do that. Please. I would have loved it if you'd have said 18, but you know what? That's fine. I'll take 21. That's 20 years closer than anyone else has got. Listen, you you need to forget you met me. We can move on as if things were exactly the same way they were. Sorry to interrupt. Kenny listening. Kenny's still got a question that I can ask the DM. Oh, okay. I guess Kenny on can be Yeah, sure, back. Kenny can be listening. Kenny, stay on standby. I need to, I need to go. Um... 
No, the way things were was I hated you. I thought you were arrogant and you slept in a sleeping bag. And that's who I am. That's not weird. I mean, lived in a sleeping bag. That's who I am. Yes, I am this absolute failure. I don't want to hate my uncle. (laughs) No, no, I can't forget this. I want to talk to you. I want to know about, you know, loads of stuff. Cassius, Cassius just takes you by the shoulders, Brandy, and looks you dead in the eyes. I have failed you, Brandy. In ways you can't even imagine. And it's best if I leave. I'm really sorry. And I'm really sorry for your last 21 years of life. Where you haven't had a father. He goes to get on the Megarot area. Path sense is tingling. Oh no, someone I like is in trouble. Brandy, Brandy, get off, get off! And she's kind of just, she's just trying to pull at Cassius Flash's leg. I imagine it's up on the Altaria. Yeah. Brandy, Kenny, that's what uncle. are you doing? That's my uncle, I can't let him leave. I can't let him just leave like this. Cassius, don't leave, don't do this. You're sorry for what? You're sorry for doing what? Leaving me now is more horrible than that, surely. This feels like a role now. Think I'm it's sure manipulate me. someone? Oh, yeah. For sure. Yeah, oh, for sure. 2d6 plus one, I am plus one in charm. Four plus four. Plus one, so it's a nine. So it's a nine. So they nine. will do. They'll do it, but you have to do something now to show them that you mean it. Okay, so Brandy decides to try and test the theory in a very extreme way. Mm-hmm. So I think he takes off. I'm sorry. Just, no, you can't leave me. I, pr- I don't believe you'll just leave me like this. I can't believe it. And I imagine the ship is still in the air. Yep. Brandy jumps off the side of the ship. Whoa. To kind of force action. Okay. So, Kenny. Is going to jump off after Brandy. I think at this point, Kenny has put two and two together as to what Magikarp is going to evolve into. Because we've been surrounded by Gyarados. He's seen Gyarados flying through the sky. And Theo has basically told him repeatedly that Magikarp evolves into Gyarados. And it evolves into that. And he's got the yoga mat with a Gyarados on it. So I think, I think those subtle, subtle hints have suggested to Kenny that his, his flopping beautiful fish is going to turn into... A ferocious flying sea monster dragon. He's going to release Matacarp, hug Mustache close, and say, Mustache, Carp, do what you do best dance, dance through the air, paint a poetic, beautiful portrait in the sky with me, Mustache. Kenny, what Fly are you doing? Why are you wind? following me? Why are you flying? Why are we both falling? This is bad. This is Bradley, I'm having a moment here. I know what'll happen. Fly, moustache. Fly. Can we do a roll, Ali? <laughs> what kind of roll is this? I, don't I can't know. believe I'm going to be the only cast member left after this <laughs> roll of the dice. <laughs> is this to manipulate someone? It feels like it, doesn't it? It feels like you're trying to convince Magikarp to do something. So, yeah. I guess this is also well, manipulate. And Kenny... Had a failure in the last episode, which I didn't realise meant that Kenny levelled up. <gasps> Hooray! And somewhat 
mechanically boringly, but I think makes sense. I'm going to take a plus one to charm. Okay. Because uh, Kenny's a charming fella, and it makes zero sense that Kenny and Brandy have the same stat to charm. So I'm going to rectify that right here, right now. Lovely. And give Kenny a plus two to charm. Okay. Which means I am rolling 2d6 plus two. So that's an eight. So have I got to show moustache that I mean it? I think so. I start dancing in the air. Kenny gets out the yoga mat and offers offers the non-Gyrido side to Moustache and asks Moustache to paint something on that yoga mat. A little memento that will always be there that the two of them shared together. But because you're in total freefall, it's literally just like a, a slash of paint. <laughs> it's just <laughs> yeah, like a line. Splashed. But this is it. This is enough. That splash of paint is blue, dark blue. And as it splashes across the yoga mat, some splashes back onto moustache. And suddenly these red scales are spattered blue. And they start to glow. And the scales shift. Kenny, you were holding Moustache the Magikarp. The flesh swells. The bones creak. It elongates. It stretches. This beast of air and sea manifests in front of you. And Kenny, you're no longer holding on to Moustache the Magikarp. You're holding on to Moustache the Magikarp's moustache, which has the same girth as the Magikarp once did, because Moustache is now a Gyarados. Still with a dumb moustache. There's still splashes of paint around their eyes, which had splashed back from the yoga mat. It's a gyarados with a bit of eye shadow. Oh, this, I love it. This so is your much. boy. This is your boy, no doubt. Brandy, you see this happen next to you. You also had a mixed success. So you land on the Gyarados and the Gyarados catches up with Cassius Flash. He can't pull away from this Gyarados. I can't believe you didn't come and save me. I jumped off the boat in order to prove that you were actually related to me and you just kept flying off. You did You did what? I was, I was flying in the other direction. What kind of insanity is this? I don't just fall and have conversations and paint yoga mats as they're falling. That's crazy. I rolled a nine, Cassius. And here you, you are. Around. Here you are. Yeah, here I am, wanting answers. You can't just say, sorry for the 21 years of your entire life. Cassius pulls on the reins of Mega Altaria. Altaria! Is it the cloud? Just pulls the cloud. Just pulls the cloud. Comes to a stop in midair, 200 metres away from the ship. Just flapping. And Mustache the Gyarados circles around the Altaria. As if to say, don't move, buddy. Yeah, you show him, Mustache. Brandy, he's not going anywhere. Pretend I'm not here. I'm not here. Just pretend it's just you and him. This is damaging in the worst possible way. What's damaging in the worst possible way? I failed your family, our family. I promised to bring him back and I have failed. Are you talking about dad? Yes. Have you never questioned it, Brandy? What did Whiskey even tell you? She didn't tell me anything. I don't want to ask. I don't... Why not? Well, you've not been around for 21 years. You know, by the time I got more curious about it, It'd been ten years already. 
and you don't don't want to bring that up to someone. She's someone who's she started her own business. She she seemed to be happy. She's... Me and her, Celio, it just made sense. I don't know why I never questioned it. I just I don't know. I always assumed that maybe he walked out on us or did something wrong the way there's nothing of him around. But I just assumed that maybe Mum didn't you know Whiskey didn't want to know, didn't want to talk about it, and I was fine with that. But now that you're here, and I feel like there's more. I've got to know. Cassius opens his Poké wallet and retrieves a photo from inside and hands it to you, Brandy. It looks like it was about 20 years ago. In fact, it's dated. <laughs> There's a date at the bottom. Can they be at a fun fair? And they say, the thing about this fun fair is we need to make sure you remember the date. Yeah. Of the date. You'll never forget the day you no, came no, Brandy, to the fun fair. Brandy, it just says, it just says in the photo, 20 years ago. <laughs> <laughs> The 20 years ago funfair. And at the funfair, you see your mother, Whiskey, looking younger, happier, pregnant. You see Cassius Flash. He looks much less sallow, much more well-kept. Nea's sleeping bag in sight. He's well-dressed. His suit fits him. He looks sharp. An S-class trainer on the rise. And between the two of them, you see a man with a huge white moustache. Like, I mean... (laughs) I'm I, I'm talking like it's big. It's too big. Oh, that's why. He, okay, there is a there is a mustache growing competition at the fun fair, and this man has just won first prize, like a full white. It is magnificent. There's a couple of sad bearded fellows in the background, and this man looks almost like a a Celio, but he's hugging your mother. There's a wedding ring on his hand. Cassius looks at you, Brandy. Turn it over. She turns over the photo. It says. To my darling wife, Whiskey, I hope you don't forget this day where my moustache won a really good prize. I certainly never will. <laughs> Other than marrying you, it was one of the happiest days of my life. From your loving husband and very excited father-to-be, Leo. Was it their wedding day? Did they get? Wait, are you telling me Whiskey <laughs> and my dad got married at the fun fair after my dad won a prize... <laughs> For the moustache growing competition. Yeah, yeah, it was very embarrassing. There was a, there was a sort of I shotgun... I can see why you thought the 21 years would be better off not knowing <laughs> this information. A, there was a shotgun wedding booth. We all got very, very high on cotton candy. Uh, it was a crazy day. Blacked out. I threw up a lot. Um, this is not the point, Brandy. That's, what is the point? What happened to him? That's your dad. Do you see any, any similarities? I mean, I've not got the moustache, and that's very much the, the prevailing feature. Um, but yeah, I mean, it looks like... He looks a bit like me. Looks a bit like you. He reminds me of someone else. Maybe not someone else. Someone... Something else. Cassius almost can't say himself. Oh my... No. Connect the dots, Brandy. Suddenly, flashbacks, flashbacks yes. happen in Brandy's mind. But very short flashbacks. She's riding a bike. She fell off. She's cut her knee. Whiskey was busy, but she's seen Celio. Delio the Celio. Run. Flip Flipper to her aid. And like blowing a small icy wind just to numb the pain. Celio. A little eight-year-old Brandy hugging Delio. And then another cut as Gary Smoke is late to pick Brandy up for prom. Brandy doesn't think he's turning up and she's crying. And there's Celio there wiping away her tears with a flipper. Celio. Being like, Celio. Thanks. Thanks, Dad. Sorry. I mean, I mean, Delio. <laughs> Always do that. Celio. And I think she just, it's all made sense. Like, she's always mistaken Delio for her dad. And there's a reason for it. There's like this weird deep down feeling where it's like, I think the S scar on Brandy's 
stomach just burns with such an intense passion of like, it's so right. It's so exactly, exactly what she thought and was mistaking her whole life that Celio was more important than just Delio, her mum's Pokemon. This was her dad, who's just been with her the whole time. Brandy looks at the photo in her hands and says, I'm so sorry. No, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm not saying sorry to you. You left for 21 years. You could have told me this. I'm saying sorry to Delio, to my dad, who I thought was awful, but he's not awful. He's, he's a Pokemon, which... How does that even happen? Wait, hold up! How? Can someone explain? I'm sorry, I know I shouldn't even be here, but what? Whisper it quiet. Leo was a Poker-powered. He had icy, watery powers. Discovered them several years before all this went down. In- incredible moustache-growing ability. Apparently so. That that also was how it manifested, yes. Um, that was the bit he was most excited about. Not, you know, ice beams. Not ice powers. Weird. <laughs> But that was Leo. There's some guy who came second who was a Probo Pass poker powered who was like, No! No, I thought I had it the bag! How did I lose? <laughs> he was a poker powered. And it was that day, after the wedding, Whiskey was tired, but Leo wanted another go on the teacups. So I I said I'd go with him. And we went on the teacups and it was three people to a teacup. And this other woman came on, white hair waistcoat, a sarong, flip-flops came onto the teacups God, does she never change? 20 years committed to a style (laughs) Come on It's more fun with three people And that ride lasted only two and a half minutes But in those two and a half minutes, our lives changed forever She plunged a dark hand inside Leo Claiming it would manifest him better Claiming he could take control of his powers and of himself. I tried to stop her, but those cups were whirring too fast. I was powerless to stop. And You can't stop a teacup when it's in motion. You just, everyone knows that. It was a real storm in a teacup. When the teacups stopped, the woman was gone. And Leo, well, he was a Celia. He was a Celia. <laughs> I'm sorry. This is a tragic story, but it's also buck wild. How? So. how, like, how need to laugh. How he, he was a Celia. <laughs> how dare you? How dare you, young man? This is my this brother. This is Ali. This, this is, is not my Kenny. brother. I, Kenny is Kenny is mortified. Ali is finding it hilarious. I I took Leo Celio away. And I promised him that day that I would find that woman and I would make her change him back. And I've been hunting her ever since. I told him not to go back to Whiskey, that it might be too much for her, but he said he couldn't abandon her. He couldn't abandon his family and his child. Via Celio's... I mean, that's what I inferred. Maybe he was just saying, I want more cotton candy. I, I don't know. But that's how it happened, Brandy. And I've vowed myself to... Not see your mother, or you, until I'd solved this. So that's why you wanted to forget me meeting you, because you hadn't solved it yet. I mean, how harsh on uh, on this guy that he's he's hunted for Frey his whole life, and she's just in the woods right underneath him. But he's up here yeah. in the clouds with us. What did you, what did you say? A disembodied voice. <laughs> <laughs> I heard she was in the area. That's why I got in this train. Wouldn't oh. be I wouldn't be here otherwise. I would I'd never be travelling with S class trainers and all sorts. I'd, that's why I abandoned the league. I abandoned my position. I've just been hunting her. Cassius, let me help you. Let me. 
let me come with you. I, you could train me up. I mean, you're an S-class, or were an S-class trainer. I'm terrible at Pokemon battling. I mean, I know I've got the, this badge, which is more so than Theo and Kenny can say. I'm, I'm right I here. Can, I'm sorry. You, you've got a giant blue Gyarados now. That's I feel like that's the mark of a strong trainer. I think I'm a force to be reckoned with. But I can help you. How can you help me? I, I... And Brandy can't come up with an answer. Brandy, we are helping him. We are. Brandy, I'm sorry. I really am. But this is my quest, my penance. I didn't look after my brother well enough at the time, so I've got to do right for him now. Brandy's eyes down, quite silent. She just feels two arms behind her, give her a little hug. Go on then. Piss off, I didn't see you for 21 years. Uh, 21 probably wouldn't hurt. Yeah. Sure. And he hears Mega Alteria. Yeah! <laughs> I hoped you would do it. I was like, oh, he can't say I'm going to hear and not hear. Alteria! <laughs> okay, Brandy, you see Cassie's flash disappearing off into the sunset. Brandy, we we can go after him if you if you like. I don't want to, Kenny. I know you've got one more behind the substitute question, but maybe we'll no, do I, it later. I used it. He was telling the truth the whole time. Thanks, Kenny. Kenny, do you want a random Cassie's flashback? <laughs> yeah, go on then. He used to, he used to own a koi pond. <laughs> he used to. What happened really? to it? Or is that another question? That's yeah. Come on, mate. <laughs> That'd be ridiculous. Well, that's why the Magikarp transforming was so important to him. <laughs> that's what happened. All of his koi turned into Gyarados at the same time. Destroyed the entire koi farm. And he was that well. Okay. Man, I shouldn't have shouldn't have tipped all those rare candies into the water. That was a terrible idea. <laughs> I thought they were breadcrumbs. <laughs> Who's that Pokemon? Roll up. Roll up! I've got a special prize for all you young kiddies. A special prize. It's a midsection right behind this curtain. Step right up. Tell me, what are your names? What are your names? I'm just a chaperone. My name's Bill. Uh, Hi there, Bill. I'm not interested in you then. My (laughs) mum says I shouldn't be trusting strangers. You're a stranger. I also also told you that, Saskia. That you don't need to just talk about your mum. Bill is also... That's because you're my dad. My mum says strangers are great and I should interact with all of them. Ah, an irresponsible parent. I like it. You're the one I shall talk to then. Please, behind this curtain is a midsection never before seen. Would you like to come behind the curtain, children? And Bill? I don't know. Yay! Saskia is not very easily entertained. Well, I've already got one of you, so maybe I'll maybe I, I just grab. I no, grab no, you. I grab Saskia. <laughs> Oh. Follow me if you me. dare, Bill. Saskia, Follow me if you dare. Saskia was not having it. Saskia was like, no, don't want to. Don't want to see the midsection. <laughs> right, Welcome we're to really the midsection. Behind your weird gross curtain. Behind the curtain, you just see a table of four friends discussing a listener NPC. So I wish we were sat around absolutely... a table, Tom. How I oh. wish we were sat oh, around a table. Remember oh, those oh. days? Oh, furniture. Oh. Love that. This midsection comes from Tommy Portillo. Any relation to Michael Portillo? Who knows? <laughs> I was literally thinking the same thing. <laughs> Conceived on one of his many railway journeys. <laughs> that is such a niche joke for our American audience. You'd have to be really into your travel, America, to to know that. that How to explain that one of our former cabinet ministers now just travels around trains all over the world, and that's just a thing that we as taxpayers pay for. 
That's... <laughs> Britain is wild. Nothing more British than that, I would say. Us paying for a man <laughs> to take the train. <laughs> Here we go. Tommy writes. No intro. Tommy gets straight to the point, as, as shall I, with this. Thusly. Detective duo Paula Juniper and Sage Fletcher. Based on a short-lived, light-hearted British crime drama I saw on Netflix called Rosemary and Time, one, a plant pathologist... <laughs> what a show. What oh a show. God. I yeah, love I knew Rosemary that would get a reaction. Time and my, Michael Portillo's train adventures have made it onto this podcast. <laughs> this is super English. Get your tea and top hats out, ladies and gentlemen. Oh. Paula Juniper and Sage Fletcher. One, a plant pathologist, and the other, a former D.I., Perhaps they have some a somewhat celebrity status from a famous case they solved involving a stolen shiny plant Pokemon. Paula being the detective with a gumshoe or some other police-like Pokemon and Sage, the plant expert, with a studious plant Pokemon. One doesn't come to mind at the moment. Thanks, Tommy. You didn't, didn't want to think about it. You just, yeah, no, shoot it Wait, off. Wait, is he, re- is he writing this as a stream of consciousness? Is it, it like it. Is he just like... I've got, com- I've got one minute. I've got one minute to write this email. And then it's never not, again. It's not coming. No, I've got to send it. I've got, I'm sorry. We all so. know the effect of watching Rosemary in Time is just that you just immediately... <laughs> Tommy, Tommy had to get back to the next epiphany. episode. It's like, I can't. Yeah, I've maybe. got one minute before Netflix automatically loads the next episode. <laughs> I, I, can't, I can't think about a gloom with glasses at this particular instance. For goodness sake. Tommy finishes with, love the podcast and look forward to its potential. Well, I've got a, I've got, a, I've got, I've got, a, I've got, a, I've got a, a sad truth to tell you here, Tommy. We've reached our potential. This is it. This is the podcast. We picked a few arcs ago. He's seen. He has seen the narrative structure and beauty of Rosemary in Time, and we will just never match that. We will never match that. I'm sorry, Tommy, but thanks for the passing grade. Thank you. I enjoyed How could that. Frenzy Plant ever compare to, <laughs> to the experience of watching Pam Ferris and Felicity Kendall solving mild crimes <laughs> in a National Trust property? Paula Juniper and Sage Fletcher, I assume, have a TV show called Juniper and Sage. They used the celebrity status from this uh, amazing capture to launch their TV careers. Could you just go back and like give give me the um the bullet point? Yeah, the highlights. The highlights. It was a Three sentence email, <laughs> right? Okay, the highlights. And of yet the three I need sentences. them. I need them. Short-lived, well, light-hearted British crime drama, Rosemary and Time was mentioned. Obviously, know that. Yes. Paula is a former DI. Sage is a plant expert with a studious plant Pokemon, but Tommy had no ideas on plant Pokemon. I at that really time. thought he was going to go for Pan Sage, which would have made sense. But... Mm. Do you know what, Ali? You have the you have the power to give him a Pansage. You can do that. I if don't you want. want. I don't want to give him. He wants a plant Pokemon. You sure, you have that, that button. It's in front of you. The Pansage button. We put it there at the start of the podcast, Ali, for you to press at some point during our run. Maybe this <laughs> is the time. Maybe this is the time. More appropriate time. <laughs> all right, all right. When we're maybe when give we're one to Brandy. She's in need of a she's in need of a better Pokemon than Bumblebee. <laughs> so maybe just press the Pansage button press, at some point. For press her. the Pansage. I'm um, saying don't know for when we're fighting Ultra Necrozma. Of course. Maybe they are a famous team called Sage and Juniper, but maybe they were part of other duos with more connected plant-based terms. So they were called like Sage and Bayleaf and like Juniper and Berry. And then these two just happened to have split off and gone, Sage and Juniper, famous, famous combination of plants. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. Like Rosemary and Time, it's a famous, famous combo, Sage and Juniper. And and the other two have rocketed to huge success. Bailey from Berry, huge celebrities across Formia. Well, the thing is, Bailey from Berry Berry is just a Bailey from a Cherubi solving crimes, which are much more, which are much cuter. So So wait, so they they have a rival, a rival team. That are actual Pokemon, yeah. They're former Pokemon who they left for TV fame. 
Okay, so what what crimes have these guys been solving? And what crimes propelled them to superstardom involving a shiny stolen Pokemon? Was it was it a shiny grass type, John? Did they specify, or could it be a shiny anything? Stolen shiny plant Pokemon. What if what if it was a famous plant because it was extinct and it was a leap, but it was like the only one that's been resurrected. Mm. That's nice. Good. It, Love that. It, they're digging up fossils in that in place that We made up, aren't they? Noibatten. <laughs> that place we like every other place, honey. <laughs> no, the other places are real. Soon. Oh yeah, sorry. No, you're right. You're right. In Noibatten, yeah. So maybe they they dug up this um this leap in Noibatten. A regular sized lily, not not one of the giant ones, or maybe a giant one. Maybe a giant one. Maybe it's giant. The people who should be more famous are the people who stole a giant shiny leap from Noibat. because <laughs> that is that feels like an achievement. Yeah, more but than maybe finding Bailey... a giant yeah, but very, shiny Pokemon. Very I'm sorry if you find a giant shiny Pokemon. And we're talking massive, a Gigantamax Pokemon here. I'm sorry, you don't get an award. They are huge. They're massive. Trouble is, Tom Berry and Bayleaf, they caught a giant shiny Cradilly. <laughs> Can't compete. They're always oh, one step ahead. Very, very. Juniper and Sage were like, we've done it. This is it. And this then is they, it. Turned, <laughs> they turned to the front page of the Daily Daily Bird and were like, no, foiled again. What current case are Juniper and Sage currently attempting to solve? So I feel like maybe Juniper and Sage are in way too deep and they think they're solving a minor case, but actually it has ties. The roots stretch all the way to like... A little shroomish, shroomish drugs bust. You know, mm. they're just after yeah. the local dealer. They're like, we got, we've got this person dead to rights. It's some shroomish. They're high on their own supply. Easy, easy mark. What they don't know is that is that is the screw up second cousin of the odd father. The other question with it as well, when they say that she's a former DI, when they say that somebody is a former member of the police. Informia is the police a part of the Pokemon League, or is the International Police of Looker Fame the law enforcement agency that also works in Formia? I would probably say Pokemon League, just for of course, because I, I think course. the International Police would have a big problem with uh, the Pokemon League. Formia is a little bit also... North Korea, I think. It's yeah, sort of I also <laughs> like <the> idea... <laughs> nobody really I knows like what's going well. on because the Odd Father has infiltrated the Pokemon League. If Juniper and Sage are working with the Pokemon League then the odd father's always going to be in the know about their investigation so they they can they can quell them at any opportunity like that and and they've been challenged by bayleaf and berry to catch the odd father first so it's actually a race all all four are going after the odd father the two pairs going there after is the a compelling storyline going on separate to our story that's what makes that it we... a living world ali <laughs> <laughs> it's a living world tommy to throw it back to you your idea has a lot of potential and we will not follow <laughs> no, we love it. Any reference to Rosemary and Time is uh, is always welcome. I'm honestly oh, that is the that. last thing I expected today, <laughs> and I'm thrilled. I'm absolutely thrilled. Uh, if you have an idea uh, that you'd like to, us to riff on and never talk about again, then please email us at criticalditto at gmail dot com. Well, Saskia, it wasn't that scary, was it? Bill, I hope you can trust me now, and we're all friends. That was the most horrifying thing I've ever seen. Now all you have to do is follow me into my ice cream truck. Who's that Pokemon? Altaria! It's Altaria! Theo, is there anyone or anything you wanted to do or achieve specifically on the ship? The logical thing would be that Theo knows from Adri Fermontsk that the second home is on the ship. That was told to Theo and the gang when they were in the locker. So everybody knows that that home is on the ship. So I presume that Theo, after their reconciliation with Kanan, 
just like, right, let's let's just comb this entire ship because one of the most important things in our entire lives is somewhere on here. Right. So, Theo, you have been combing through this ship since your conversation with Kanan on the crow's nest of the ship. What room are you in? And why is it why is it the sexiest room in the ship? <laughs> you have asked um, the most Theo question ever. I think we're in Elisa's weather training room. And in this room, it's very well padded because it is a, a training space for her poker powers. But the thing that makes it sexy is that there is a picture of acclaimed weather scientists, Honey, Aster, and Junction on the wall. And. <laughs> Theo sees the picture and only sees Aster as soon as they see the picture. I said, do they do that thing like in an, in an anime where their eyes turn into like pink sparkly hearts? I think it's a, it's like a series of anime zooms as well. Like it's it's pastel pink backgrounds behind both the picture and behind Theo. And there's just a, a little blush on the leathery androgynous cheeks of Theo as it just sort of zooms in more and more and more. And, and Theo is just, oh, I've missed you. If the door opens to this padded room, is anyone else in here? Oh, Slaslow, it's you. Oh. <laughs> ah, Theo, just mm. the person I was looking for. And Calico enters this charge room and senses the energy, senses just there's something going on in there and uh, sidles up to the pictures that you are looking at on the wall, Theo, and, and just backs backs against the wall in a suggestive manner. Oh my oh, God, slash oh, fiction. This feels more like for the Patreon now. <laughs> <laughs> Critical ditto after hours. Okay. Listen, uh, I'm available. By which I mean... My team looks like it's being disbanded. So, I'm a guy looking for some cash money. I want money. And I have skills. Certain skills. Listen, if you are putting together a crew, maybe... You want old Calico, part of the gang. I did my part on the train. Maybe you can keep me sweet. Theo thinks about how mere days ago, the idea of talking to a man who spoke at the same speed as a member of the Slowpoke family was such a such an alluring prospect, and now is just deeply, deeply infuriating. Theo sees the church unknown still floating around Calico's head and thinks, well, if they're going to bargain, I'm going to bargain. Listen, I'm looking for something in whatever Elisa's spoils and treasures selection is here on this ship. I don't have any money. I'm a member of the church. Well, was a member of the church. And let's just say that the Pokemon League paid me enough for a piece of novelty mail after our last mission. So I'm not exactly rolling in cash. Um, but if you, if you are interested in helping me, help me find the tome and you can have anything else you want from Elisa's treasure trove, and I won't tell anybody else what you take. Deal. And Calico stretches out a hand to shake. Is it a sexy hand? Oh, it's so sexy. Does Theo catch a glimpse of, of Aster in the picture again and suddenly feel very guilty? <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Theo wishes they could just turn the picture over on the wall. The handshake. The, hand, <laughs> the handshake definitely lingers. Thank you.
Brandy and Kenny, you've just returned to the deck of the ship on Mustache the New Gyarados. What do you guys do? Kenny looks at his new member of the team in Gyarados and remembers he hasn't really sort of interacted with another new member of the team. Swirly, the baby spiritum. What part of the ship would you like to do this? I'm trying to think of parts of ships now. This is a fantasy ship, a fantastical ship with many rooms and layers that... Got the tanning room, yeah. the weather training room. So yeah, exactly. <laughs> Don't feel constrained by regular parts of a ship. I think I want to introduce Spiritomb to the whole gang, actually. Mm-hmm. So Kenny's looking at quite a significant sized room. Maybe there's a slightly more grandiose room that was used as the dining room. Could the dining room be below the glass map that's in the deck? So when you're in the yes. dining room, the light shines through the map and makes this this cool map effect on the table. Ooh, that's nice. nice, yeah. And it's a circular table to reflect the globe. Yep. As Kenny steps into this room, he releases everyone, except for Swirly the Spiritomb. Okay, gang. First of all, everyone give a round of applause to Mustache. I know he doesn't look quite as intimidating as he does before, but he's new to this form, and we've got to welcome him into the team. The rest of Kenny's team are, like, cowering in fear at this new... Salad! Salad! Datrix! Datrix! No! Datrix! No! no Datrix! No! <laughs> we need to address your your improved vocabulary, Datrix, but first of all, we also need to welcome this little guy. And he sends out Spiritomb. Spiritomb. Everyone say hi to Swirly. Now, can Gyarados... And the rest of the team now cower from Spiritomb. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Dartrix, no! Dartrix, yes. Don't be mean. Just because he's new and he looks a little bit different, it doesn't mean anything about his character. How does um, how does Fedora the Honchcrow feel about Spiritomb, Ali? That's a good question. Because I kind of feel like Fedora's lurking at the back, not really joining in that much. There's a perch slightly higher yeah. up that Fedora's sitting on. Maybe Fedora feels that this is significant for Kenny's poker powers in some way. Fedora swoops in. The team almost forget that Fedora's there until this moment, but Fedora lands in, in the light cascading from the map. Huh, and, and there's almost like a standoff between Fedora and Swirly. Kenny doesn't really know what to do. Maybe this is significant. I might just let this play out. And I don't know. I don't know how the scene resolves itself. But um, I feel like Honchcrow is, or certainly was pre-Gyarados, my most powerful Pokemon. And this is a brand new baby Pokemon. So it's never experienced battle before. Maybe it's trying to assert some dominance. Maybe it might be significant if Spiritomb tries to fight back or, or doesn't. Well, Ali, would you like them to have a, a little spa? Maybe I'd, maybe I would. Maybe yeah. I would. Okay, great. Maybe I would. Let's do it. Pool. Is it almost like the Gary versus Wimpy where we just roll a d6? That's exactly. Okay, right. yeah, yeah, great, great. So I will roll for Spiritomb. Okay, I shall roll for Fedora. Oh, it's a convincing win Ooh. for Fedora. So Fedora <laughs> rolled a six on their d6. Swirly the Spiritomb rolled a two. Okay. So Ali, what does this look like? Well, I think Spiritomb is feistier than Kenny anticipates. I think Spiritomb gets in a sucker punch first. Fedora doesn't expect that, so angers them up even more. And Fedora pretty easily after that sort of knocks Spiritomb down. And then Kenny steps in and goes, Whoa, 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 whoa! We do not slap our brothers and sisters. All right, I had enough of that growing up with Melissa. I did not enjoy it then. I do not enjoy it now. Okay? Everyone be nice or I will put you back in this ball. Okay? Do you want to go back in the Pokeball, Fedora? Hmm? Oh, that's cruel. No, I didn't think so. Swirly, 
You are right there. Splatoon. Splatoon. Oh, you look all right. You okay? Splatoon. Did you enjoy that a little bit? Splatoon. <laughs> oh, you little feisty guy, huh? Splatoon. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Splatoon, fetch! And can he throw his... <laughs> Splatoon. Splatoon, <laughs> 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 ghostly slow hover towards whatever Kenny threw. One of the knives or forks from the dining room. Kenny throws a couple of spoons and maybe Spiritum goes up to it and uh, replaces the eggshell that uh, they were using as a keystone, replaces the spoon as the as the keystone. Spirit spoon. Spirit spoon. Spirit spoon. Spirit spoon. Ah, we're all going to be such good friends. Brandy, what are you doing? Brandy approaches a small liquid mercury Pokemon who's staring down from the front of the ship at the train way off down in the distance. Are the Nautilus grunts scattering? I think we actually see like a circle of Nautilus grunts and a lot of the train people that we've met before having them tied up. Classic anime, they're all in a big circle and they've all, there's one rope around a lot of them. Yeah. And they seem to be waiting. But it looks as though... Pokemon League officials are starting to arrive. To gotcha. Oh, have um, sort of... Caribbean Blue and Salad come too from there? Their... Yeah, I think they're, they've taken charge. But I'm not going to be tempted to go into a Caribbean what Blue. What does it sound like? What does it can... sound like? No, it, I'm not saying what it sounds like. <laughs> I can't. Oh, I don't know if I can even do the Caribbean Blue voice again. Grandpa Pooper's definitely there, though. <laughs> How can we forget? Oh, great. On the ground, things seem to be resolving a little bit. The grunts without their leader have fallen to and either scattered or been apprehended. And the S-Class trainers that were there have taken charge of the militia-type enforcement that had been occurring on the train. And they are awaiting league reinforcement. But yes, you see the Meltan looking down. And I think what I do see slightly off to the side are a large cluster of other Meltan who are all just staring up at the ship. Oh, okay, great. the other Meltan is staring straight down at them. All the other Meltan seem to have formed... A, union. a big old clump. Yeah, big old clump. A union, effectively. <laughs> <A> union. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so they're all looking up. The uh, the monocled Meltan on the ship is looking down. Meltan. That's all you found oh, me down oh, there. Meltan. <laughs> Meltan. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't mean to scare you. Meltan. I just wanted to say um, it was really good of you to leave the others and come with me. Meltan. I really appreciated that. Meltan. I was wondering if rather than going back down to see the other Meltan. You wanted to be a part of my family instead. Meltan? I can't offer any of the similar group dynamic, but I can promise that we're going to have a lot of fun and you get to use your brain a bit more. Because I'm not going to lie, you've proven yourself to be the smartest being on the team. (laughs) By a long way. Somewhere downstairs, Theo's bristles. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah. Theo just punches a wall and it's like, sorry about that, don't know, don't know what's okay. <laughs> Look, it felt like down in the furnace, you really weren't challenged to your greatest ability. And I think maybe just this last, what, hour has felt like you've really come into your own. Offer's there if you want to take it. 
and then she hands Meltan a Pokeball. Okay. Which I mark off my inventory list. Yeah. Remember, I've still kept remember the tabs those. there. I've still got two Awakenings ready. Just <laughs> Pretty sure we just when, characters... when, when Kenny and Theo go to sleep, you'll just spray them with Awakenings. Be like, <laughs> ah, ah, <laughs> idiots. Pretty sure that we established that those expire at the end of each arc. So they do. you're running out of time, Tom. Tom, do you want to roll? Uh, not really, to be honest. That's, that seems very dangerous. <laughs> uh, okay, sure. Well, actually, rather than rolling, I tell you what I want to do. Do you want to pay me? As no, I'm not going to pay I, you. I'll accept it. You want it to work? You want it to do? You want work. some per di- Do you want some per diem points? Because no, I'm. Do you want two, you want two you awakenings? Want two awakenings? <laughs> <laughs> no, I also leveled up in the last episode. Tom's going to give himself a new move called "This Pokemon Get Is My Mind." <laughs> give me Pretty Meltan. Much. Pretty much. Uh, there's a new move called "Give Me Meltan." No, I have a move that I can take called "Gain a Number One Fan." <laughs> And Can I would quite actually... like, yep, I would quite like to use that and make this Meltan my number one fan. Your number one fan, okay? Yeah. Okay, great. So, so you're gonna you're taking a move from your playbook, is that correct? I am. Well, it's not a move. It's it's an advancement. It's an advancement. So you just get it as a level up. I can choose well, it. In that I case, say... we do not roll. We do not roll. And this Meltan takes the Pokeball. I think the Meltan. Uh... Makes a little gap in their the middle of their body, and it looks a bit like an S. Oh, as in like Brandy's scar, like your scar. Brandy, tear in her eye. Taps the Pokeball to Meltan, and the light encompasses Meltan and locks shut. It doesn't even need to shake; just clicks, and Meltan is in your possession to start a new adventure, free from the furnace, free from shackles ready to tackle brand new adventures. Or should I say brandy new adventures? Brandy, as you close your Pokeball with your newly acquired Meltan, you look out over the prow of the ship and you see just coming over the hills and dales, you see some shadows. Hills and dales? Did you actually just say that? (laughs) I did say hills and dales. And (laughs) And leaves, please. And leaves, please, yes, of course. You see some shadows start to approach and these are winged shadows, dragon shadows. Drakes and dragoons are flying towards you at a rate of knots. And it's Stromoxis and the Iron Claw operation. They're on their way. So, Theo, you have reached the very bottom of the ship with Calico. Mm-hmm. How does one gain access to the Team Nautilus treasure hoard? I think to make Calico useful in this situation, because hopefully Theo could have figured out that going to the bottom of the ship would have contained the most treasure, let's say that somehow Calico has to do some sort of Nautilus... Dance? Um, some sort of Nautilus dance. Has to do a sexy Nautilus, Nautilus dance. dance. Is, is there a pole? There's a pole. <laughs> <laughs> the chute only opens if you dance on it just right. Oh, the fan art is going to be great for this Give episode. Me some, hey. Editor, hit it. What kind of Pokemon are you? How do you do the things you do? Share with me your secrets deep inside. What kind of Pokemon are you? Are you loyal through and through? And do you have a heart that's true? What kind of Pokemon are you? <clears throat> I'm Calico. And 
I'm dancing smooth, and I'm dancing fast, and I'm dancing slow, and I'm dancing slow. Theo, what you think about this move? Make one wrong move and it'll kick your Oh, oh my word. I, oh, I've never read a book about this, but I wish I had. <laughs> and below, below the pole, the ground starts going... And a small circle opens up beneath the pole, and now you can slide down like a fireman shoot. Theo is so confused and so intrigued, and wipes their brow before sliding down the uh, hole. <laughs> I'm sorry, Theo. I didn't know it was going to be this episode. Hit my knees, the key for your fighting mood, and you can rock and roll with Geo, dude. Yeah. So Genie comes first when you choose dragon, but evolution's the solution if you're gonna what win. Kind of Pokemon are you? And you slide down into, as we say, this Aladdin's hoard, this cave of wonders that is the Team Nautilus main hold. And the light from the above casts a small cylinder of illumination down three metres around you. Tom, what treasures can you immediately see? You see a lot of Salvador Starley artwork, mm, originals, lifted from various art galleries across Formia. You see quite a few... Unlocked poor iPhones, ready to turn, ready to just go. Shroomish drugs. Also gold. Just <laughs> a bit of money. Just some actual noodles of gold. Some cash. Some sweet, sweet loads cash. Of, loads of per diem points. Oh, like, yeah. Just so <laughs> many, just littered around. Ali, why is it difficult to get to the tome in the middle of the room? There's a moat around the, the pedestal. Of course there is. Of course there's a moat around the pedestal, Theo. It defies explanation. <laughs> but it's there, there's a moat and inside you can see frothing at the mouth are just tons of remoraid, tiny remoraids <laughs> and they haven't been fed they have not They have not been fed for 16 days that's my favourite Pokemon voice you've done yet. They are frothing. They are thrashing. Oh my god. This is Team Nautilus's last line of defence. Please can I hear them again? Nah. <laughs> Theo, Calico, what do you do? Any uh, any large treasures you wanna you wanna offer up to that moat or is it gonna fall to me? Oh, as it always does. I I I have no interest in what's behind that moat. I just want Oh brilliant. I want these I want these paintings and this money. Well, you go do your avarice over there, and I'll just um, try and figure this one out. So, Meditate has already been out for most of this ship malarkey. Meditate, Meditate's Meditite... all the dance. Medita... Oh, Meditate's <laughs> feeling more things Med- than Theo. Meditate's seen it all. Meditate. <laughs> Why do you do this to me, Theo? Just put me in the ball, please. <laughs> Sometimes it's okay not to show me things. Um, Meditate's still got the metal ball of the crunched up door from the train. Ah, yes. And Theo realises that if you can crunch a door into a ball, then maybe telekinesis can unfurl a ball into a door. So Ooh, and create a, crossing, a bridge. Oh. As a crossing across the moat. Should we roll for Meditite then? Yeah, roll plus special. Great. Ten. Mm. A six plus Bobby. a two plus a two. A nice old door unfolded success. Oh, it's beautiful. David, so what is this, what is this door unfurling look like? For Meditite, you've had a lot of wins this arc. Yeah. I mean, Meditite's had some ups and downs. And as we may remember, when Meditite 
turned the door into a ball. Metatype was like, this might be my greatest act yet. This It was a real pleasure for Metatype to get to do that and take out Tronius Chunder with, with nary an attack. Um, and so I think Theo looks to Metatype, who's uh, tossing the ball, and Theo doesn't say anything. Metatype just knows well enough, and Metatype's like, no. No, this isn't. No, this can't possibly work. No, I mean, it works one way. It's not going to work both ways. And Theo just does a little look, and Meditite's like, all right, fine. Okay, I guess. I see. And so Meditite takes the ball and throws it at the moat, and at the same time cuts the telekinesis on it. And this is like, let's just just see how this works. It's just, it just unfurls like a beautiful 2D plant. Theo (laughs) gives uh, Meditite a little squeeze on the shoulder, not unlike the one they gave Enya earlier before in a continued experience of Theo learning how to physically interact with other people. And <laughs> Theo crosses over the, the door bridge. And the Remorades attempt to obviously bite at your ankles. <laughs> but they... <laughs> I love it so but much. But they are... Kenny is going to catch a Remorade. But they're blocked. <laughs> they are blocked by this door. They're, they're jumping and flitting and flushing and flashing, but they cannot reach... Theo's ankles, and Meditite and Theo stride across this door, up a small slope, to this plinth where the tome stands, and there's another shaft of light on this tome, blue light, and you can see the dust and the sparkles just swirling gently around the tome. And as you approach, Theo, it's like it's calling to you, this tome, you've known it's there, so many answers could lie in it, in its words. The light starts to illuminate your face, Theo, and as you reach out your hand, you see another hand reach out from the other side. And you both touch the tome at the same time, and you look up, and you see another face illuminated in blue, standing directly opposite you. Adri Fomonsk. I tossed that in there. I tossed that in there. <laughs> what? <laughs> well, I I hate to do this to you, Adri, but you've already stolen it once. So if you could just if you could just accept that it's mine for once. Theo, you're here. You're here. Yes, of course I'm here, Adri. This was a mission that we went on to take. Where have you been? Well, apparently just here, lurking in a golden cave of wonders to ruin my day at the last possible minute. Well, once again, like you always did, like with the King's Rock dissertation, like with Canaan, like with everything. Give me the book. Oh my goodness, <laughs> Theo, could you roll? Could you roll manipulate someone, please? Take a plus one. And so that's with charm, isn't it? Yeah. Which is a zero. So really loving that plus one. Um. <laughs> It's oh. a nine. Yes, Theo, you take the tome and it is in your possession. But Adri, Adri doesn't back down and squares up to you, Theo, and goes, I have my reasons for wanting that tome. Mm-hmm. You, can't, you can't shove me aside, Theo. You can't. I've made my way to this room myself. Yes, I did abandon you because I spent one day with you and ended up drunk and in a ditch and figured that maybe you weren't perhaps good for me as a travelling companion. We don't work together, Theo. We know this. We tried friends. Didn't work. We're much better at loggerheads, clearly. So yes, I ditched. I disappeared. I had my own stuff to do. And guess what? I made it onto this ship myself. While all this chaos was happening on the train. Yeah, I I made my way onto the ship. Tom, how did Adri get onto the ship? (laughs) Classic Stu. Give us an impossible situation and make us do all the bloody work. (laughs) 
I forgot that I was the one who introduced Adrian for Mask into the locked room on a ship. <laughs> oh, bear in mind, bear in mind, I've got an Electric. I don't think they do. I think they have a Manetric. Ah, oh, fair, fair. When did Electric evolve? Well, it was very crucial to getting on the ship, I'll tell you that much. <laughs> okay, is, that, is think... it crazy for a Manetric to ride a Thunderbolt? Is that insane? That's insane. Is it insane? insane. <laughs> I think that's insane. I think Adrifomonsk was on the train, but just constantly behind Theo, Brandy, and Kenny. Just in every scene, Adri is there. Here's the thing, guys, because when we finished the section in the train carriage basement, Kenny and Melissa heard the footsteps of somebody coming down the stairs, and we never actually saw who okay. those footsteps were. Okay, team, no. team, oh bloody way, team. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go back <laughs> through all of you, and we're all, and I'm gonna name a scene from Steam Eruption Arc, and you're gonna tell me where Adri Fomansk was in that scene, just slightly off camera. Okay, Ali, the daycare car in the yoga room. There was two. There were two cars to go on. Went in the yoga room with Superior. There were two cars in there. Adri Fomansk saw that. Really hungover when I need somewhere where I can sleep and it cannot look weird. Tom, where was Adri when when you were a combi? When we flew beside the train, we saw a few of the train inspectors. We saw Bobbert. We saw Melissa. But we also saw this weird... I can't remember Ali's character in that. Smeagol. Beagle? Smeagol? Beagle. 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 It was Beagle. It was Beagle. Beagle, who was the seemingly random train inspector who piped up a lot in the uh, trade scene. But they were wearing a hood. And underneath that hood is Adri Fomansk, <laughs> a.k.a. Vesper, okay. who is also codenamed Beagle. <laughs> the only person who actually took the be in undercover on this train seriously was Adri yes. Fomansk, who literally was undercover the entire time. We cut down to the train car and we see someone open a a seemingly locked compartment and they find someone in their pants going, it's me, Beagle! Someone stole my cloak! <laughs> <laughs> David, where was Adri Fermance where during the, the great train car battle at the bottom of the, the church car? I think Adri Fermance, um had prepared because Adri Fermance knows enough about the church to know that the, the basement would require a slowpoke's tail to unlock it. But unlike us requiring the live slowpoke within the within the art sanctuary, Adri Fomonsk just brought a dried slowpoke tail, oh, um, a famous delicacy. And so when the door closed, after chasing across the train to get after everybody, Adri just got out one of their many dried slowpoke tails, stuck it in the hole, pulled it up. Like, they'd been chasing after the whole thing. They, they got through after Enya had just started setting up on the barricade with her lantern, Slipped on through, just looking like Beagle, um, and then just used slowpoke tail, opened wait, the wait, door. Wait, wait, wait! So, was... so Fanny and Johansson were on the barricade, like, don't let anyone through, let nobody through. Oh, old Beagle, yo, you're all right. Yeah, let Beagle come on. <laughs> old Beagle, old Beagle, you come on through. All right, now we've got to defeat some grunts. Okay. Can I suggest that you got that slowpoke tail from the dining room cart as well, so that it's relevant in some way? Oh, oh my God! Yes. Adrian Vance helped the Bulbasaur and Hitmonlee Bulbasaur. fight back. Yes, that's where the Manectric. <laughs> that's where the Manectric evolved. Yes, oh. that's why they won so heavily in that car. Okay, and then just as Adrian Fox was running down the stairs, that's when the car got taken up into the air, leaving Adrian Fox behind. He then thought, "What am I going to do?" So ran back to one of the turrets and got the Meltan to fire them 
via a turret into the bottom of the <laughs> ship and was shot right through into the Aladdin's cave treasure <laughs> car, which is how they got in without doing the sexy dance. They're now <laughs> locked in the car. So actually, they've, they've just been have... waiting. They've been sat <laughs> in the treasure bit waiting for someone to come in because they're like, I'm stuck. I am well, so Steve, they're, stuck. They have no way to pass the moat, mate. They had no way to pass that moat. <laughs> That's very yeah, true. Like, well, I'm stumped. What, oh, I'm just what, what Theo missed in this Aladdin's cave was the Adri-shaped hole in the corner. <laughs> oh. You see, you doubted me. You doubted bringing Adri back at this moment. And I continue Wait to. Wait a minute. And I continue to. <laughs> Wait. Hold on. Hold Can on. we just discuss again that I then had an idea that Stu took on that idea and then gave it back <laughs> to us again? Lest we forget. Well, I could do a good remoride noise. That's true. <laughs> that is do really true. Do it again. Do it again. <laughs> <laughs> Ali, don't let him fool you. He's trying to cover his tracks. <laughs> Ali, give me your ideas. Give me your tasty. I love it so much. Take Kenny, mate. Take mm. it all. Adri looks at you, Theo, dead in the eyes, and says, look, I had a bit of time in here, and me, being Adri Fromonsk, uh, you know, uses their time wisely, doesn't faff around, doesn't mess around. You would know this, Theo, you understand. I was mm. always using my time to write mm. new new theses, new dissertations. I think yeah. I got more published than you, didn't I? Didn't I? Mm. Yes. Yeah, mm. but you don't have the time, do you? So I'm kind of water under the roof, Listen, mate. Okay. Water under the door that I used to get us onto this island, mate. Theo! Yeah. I found something in this treasure trove, something very important to me. It was an old journal, an old captain log, and it said... Um, the secret to find Jay Silver, to find my father. It lies with the tomes. It lies with the King's Rock, Theo. I'm tied to this now. I'm intrinsically tied. Let me... Oh, this pains me. This pains me. Yo, Manetric, I don't know if I can do it. I don't know if I can do it. Manetric, Manetric. Let me strength, Manetric. Do do that thing you do. <laughs> manetric, man. Manetric, man. Manetric man, man, man. Oh, it's man, so soothing. Man. Thank you. I feel the confidence. <laughs> feel it Calico blooded. in the background manetric is doing his sexy dance again. <laughs> Yo. Um, I feel it flooding into me. Okay, listen, Theo. <clears throat> we had we had fun in Piranal, right? You and I. Mm, debatable. Yeah. Let me come with you. Let me help you. Ugh. Look, we're both chasing the same thing. Seems stupid to fight and compete all the time, all the tome. Very good. Oh, with puns like that, there's only one. Out, there's only one outcome here. Maybe we're stronger together than we are apart. I don't know. I don't know if we go that far. That seems like a bit. <laughs> all right. No, but... you're right. You're right. We 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 should definitely compete. Yes. And he goes to try and snatch the tome. No! Hey, there we go. I'm gonna roll. I'm gonna roll. It's <laughs> <laughs> pretty good success. Oh. <laughs> Just snatch the tome. We're good, we're good when we compete. Um, but doesn't keep it, just holds it back out to you. That's a good decision, because you should have seen what I was doing on the deck of that ship earlier. Oh wait, you weren't there, even though you're supposed to be helping us. How fun. Are you <sighs> dancing? Like that that guy over there is? Yeah, let's put it like that. Um, Adri, I couldn't despise you more with every fibre of my being. But you are right. We are all united on the same cause, as much as that pains me to say it. But what doesn't pain me to say it is that you can only come along if you are my research assistant. And I'm going to stress that word, assistant. <clears throat> this is big. Roll. Come this has got to be considering, a roll. Considering Adrian Vermonsky is the one who wrote the thesis on the, on King's, the King's Rock. Rock. Yeah, okay, this is, so this is a huge roll. I think this okay. might be a luck point. This might be a luck point. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> 
Okay, so this is manipulate somebody. I, I guess. guess so. I guess so. Great. Well, it's another plus zero for charming, charming scholar Theo. <laughs> okay, it's a fail. Are you luck pointing? Guess I am. I, I Do don't. Know I mean? Don't know, David. Come don't, on. Don't don't <laughs> don't spend a luck point with a sigh. Never spend a luck point with a sigh. That's what I always say. Um. No, I'm not going to spend a luck point because I just feel like we're going to get to the end of this storyline and we're going to get into so many terribly important fails. I'm not spending it yet. This is, Theo wouldn't spend a luck okay. point on this. Adri, Adri throws the term into the Remoray pool. Oh. <laughs> no. Um, so actually, before you can finish that, that conversation, Theo, Adri's like, we'll despise each other together through gritted teeth. And as both hands are laid on that tome, Calico's dance is thrown off. Whoa! And the ship starts to rock a little bit. The camera zooms out from the ship, and you see that it has just been hit by a dragon rage from one of the Dromoxis-led Salamence. Now, the dragon rage has hit from slightly further away, but the Operation Ironclaw are now attacking the ship, looking to try and neutralise any threats that might be on it from afar. Dramoxis riding the Salamence. Oh. I shall play Dramoxis. Oh, very good. Well, listen to me, Ironclaw minions. We must neutralize anything left on this train. No, it's not a train anymore. On that ship, let rip. Fire everything. Fire Attack. It. Fire at will. Attack everywhere. All right, you heard him, boys. Just go. Yeah. Shoot the dragons! Shoot the dragons! Don't shoot the dragons! Uh, uh, are we shooting team. ourselves? Is that what we're doing? Not the dragons! No. Fire the dragons! Don't shoot at the dragons! Man, when I signed I up, when I... I signed up for Operation Ironclaw, I thought I was I was getting to the top. But this, this place is terrible. It just seems like a puppet of the Pokemon League. They've just told him destroy everything, destroy the ship. There can't be any record of Team Nautilus. I just think, oh, what? you think that's they what they're be... doing? I think that's what they're doing. Because why else would they be, we be attacking the ship now? There's, I think the leader of Team Nautilus is up there. Could have interrogated yeah, us. Some... Hey, Dramoxis! Dramoxis! What? Are you sure you want us to fire at this ship? Are you sure you don't want us to apprehend anyone on it or anything? Nope, absolutely not. Follow me! Dragon Rage! Hey, <laughs> got to do what the boss says, I guess. I suppose. Yeah. Tally ho, Pip Pip! Gudra! Can you even fly? <laughs> <laughs> oh man you, you bought the wrong one mate you uh, bought the wrong one Gudra activate your parachute quick It seems like Dromoxis and Operation Ironclaw, far from approaching the ship with intentions of analysing the situation and apprehending those involved, it's just a scorched earth operation. They are just looking to erase evidence and clear everything off the map. So suddenly, you feel in quite a lot of danger. Brandy, Kenny, what do you do? Kenny brings all his Pokemon back and runs upstairs to see what the bloody hell's going on. Uh, Brandy, Brandy, what the hell's going on? I've got no idea, but we need this ship. We are getting all the tomes together. We are getting the King's Rock. We're doing everything we need to do, and we need this ship to do it. And Brandy runs over to Teronius Chunder, who is sort of casually 
piloting the ship, I imagine. Yeah. Not really sure what's going on. Uh, it's me, Taronius. I'm I'm just chewing chewing tobacco. That's my thing. Um, Taronius, the ship is under attack. You, you need to help us get out of here. Ah, what's the point? My leader is gone. My team's disbanded. My Octi. What am I supposed to do with a ship and an Octi and no team? I'm a, I'm a shell, a crabby shell of the man I once was. What's the Ter- point? Taronius Chanda, listen to me. Rules on the sea are valid still in the sky. Who was the one who dethroned your previous captain? Arr, that'd be you, I suppose. Well, it wasn't exactly me. I mean, I did do a point of damage to it. Yeah, so did, did you mean the... her or like the collective you? It's, uh, it's like, the, yeah, like the royal we. But you, right, okay, I, yes, in that I, case you are correct. I, yes. Well, all I'm saying is, rules of the sea, if the captain is decaptained, when someone else decaptains that captain through violence or winning a duel, that's the decaptaining rule. God, it's like I word believe. for word in the handbook. How do you know that so well? <laughs> I'm from a seaside town. We have to know the pirate handbook for the for the tourists. Oh, yeah. you learned in school, yeah. My friend Kenny decaptained your captain. So that makes Kenny now the captain. He's now Captain Kenny. Oh, I like it. You have to follow Kenny. Can I get a new hat? And I'm going to throw this in as a sweetener, Taronius Chunder. Your claw, I imagine, means that you're well on your way to becoming some kind of Pokemon hybrid creature. Oi! Not creature. Person. Sorry. I'm afflicted by a curse of the deep. Yes, I... Do you want me to tell you about it? <laughs> we do not have the time. What a day. Taronius, you need help. We're providing help, okay? I'm on a mission to find out more about Powers. I'm your captain. You want to be part of a team? Well, welcome to the Sir Floatzels. Now fly my ship out of here. Okay, a roll? Who's rolling? Brandon I'm, or Kenny? I'm helping Kenny. Okay, assisting. Great. Kenny is a plus two to charm. And with Brandy's help, that becomes a plus three. Mm. So I'm hoping... Here we go. The dice are nice, which they are. That's a three and a five plus three. That's an 11, baby. Taronius Chunder yes. lifts his hunchback form up, stands up on the claw. Ka-tung. Aye, aye, sir. And sticks his claw into the steering wheel. And the engines had been functioning with Melissa semi-piloting through Taronius Chunder. But now they kick into seventh gear. And Taronius Chunder pulls on some ropes that also exist on the deck. (laughs) Turns a couple of wheels. (laughs) Flicks some knobs and dials. Octi, the giant octillery who's been quite deflated but still keeping us stationary in the air, suddenly inflates a great deal more. And starts to give the ship some height as the engines roar into life and the ship takes off. And in the same speed of 26 knots. Is that fast? Well, hold on. If we know that a combi's top speed is 62.8, okay. We don't know what it is. Look, but the combi's top speed is 62.8, I believe. I could be getting that wrong. I apologise for people who've just listened to the previous episode. 62.8. Can we cut to Theo, who tells us the exact speed that we're going at down in this cave? Andrew's like, Theo, how fast are we going? We're going at the speed of of a Galarian combi, which is double the normal rate. And the dragon rages and various shots that were being fired by the Ironclaw raiders fall short as the ship speeds off at a terrific rate into the sunset, with our three heroes at the helm of a new ship with new adventures awaiting them.
That's right, folks. The Sofloatzels now have a flying pirate ship. Oh, the adventures to come. Thank you so much for listening. We have only one more episode left of Sky Attack. And one more episode left of this season. Uh, that will come out in a couple of weeks' time. And then we're going to go on a little break for about a month and then come back to you in March. We'll still be releasing stuff within that monthly break, though, so have no fear. But it's that time to do a few thank yous. So I would like to firstly thank Michael Sands, the creator of Monster of the Week, which is the base game of Pocket Monster of the Week, which Stu and all of us are adapting currently at the moment. Uh, I'd also like to thank Braxton Burks and the Materia Collective for the albums Canto Symphony and Johto Legends. And I'd like to thank Glitch X City, especially, especially Glitch X City today for the Magic Carp Festival music from Pocket Tournament. Oh, that is a good track. That was used for the uh, Magic Carp Evolution scene. So have another listen and look for that on YouTube because that's a great one. And of course, I'd like to thank Pokemon Company for the use of What Kind of Pokemon Are You for the very, very, very sexy Calico dance section. Uh, I can only imagine where your minds went during that moment, but, but I hope it was pleasant and enjoyable. I would also like to thank the creators of Pokemon, Satoshi Tajiri and Junichi Masada. And as a reminder that we are a fan-made, not-for-profit podcast and have no affiliation with Game Freak or the Pokemon Company. Um, And I'd like to thank you for listening. And a little reminder, if you want to support the show, uh, you can spread the word, tell a friend. Word of mouth is the best way for these kind of podcasts to get off the ground and increase their listener base. You could also leave a review on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. That would be lovely too. Give us a follow on Twitter at Critical Ditto and interact with us there. Uh, or you can join our Patreon, which leads me on to thanking our glorious patrons, which are now up to 17. The mighty 17. Thank you, Joel Williams. Thank you, Hi Killy. Thank you, Keiko Pin Cosplay. Thank you, Greg Becker. Thank you, Jonah Jackson. Thank you, Tricula, a.k.a. Aurora, Paladin Extraordinaire. Thank you, Josh Anderson. Thank you, Alchemage. Thank you, Cesar Trevino, or the Trevenant, as I might call you. The Tre- Trevenant's Pokemon. Yeah, Trevenant's Pokemon. I'm now worried that Trevenant isn't a Pokemon. I'm just going to look it up very quickly. Yeah, the Trevenant is a Pokemon. I was correct. I was very correct. Thank you, Ryan Mitchell, a.k.a. Haunted the Vagabond. Thank you very much, GGT, a.k.a. Paladin Extraordinaire 2. Thank you, Crandon Creations, Artist in Residence. Thank you, Eric Eikinger. Thank you, Millamoy. And Millamoy, if you're live reacting to this, just know we enjoy it. Thank you so much for, for doing that. On to Ginny Voss. Thank you, Ginny, another Discord staple. Thank you so much. And finally, Alastair Collinson, the Game Master. The Game Master. Thank you all. If you would like um, your name read out at the end of the credits as a thank you, sign up to our Patreon at patreon.com forward slash critical ditto. Finally, I would like to thank David, Ali and Stu and myself for doing a podcast. And remember, go catch them all. And by all, I mean your dreams.
should we should we collectively work out what I feel like because I feel like some backstory is coming. And rather than... I absolutely knew you had no idea. Well, what I have ideas. <laughs> no, 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 I have ideas. 